Um, we've got two lovely guests in the building. We've got Dave and we've got Sam. They will be coming up um, after me. I'm going to quickly share scripture. Just kind of give some context to what the Lord put on my heart for this year. That's how everyone enjoying today's session. You're looking nice in your green. Wonderful. I'm seeing some browns and some next colors, but we're looking good. You look, you look nice, Asha, still. <laughs> but guys, man, God is absolutely beautiful. You know, when I was a believer, it took me a while to call God beautiful. You get me? But God is beautiful. And when I say God is beautiful, there's something, what's the word, enamoring about his love. And the way that it breaks down walls. You know, if you're like me, you've gone through life. Amen? And life has its way in which it seeks to, um, you know, make us hard. Allah? You know, has it been a hard week for anyone this week? You know? And... There's something sweet that I can just turn to him, seek him, and be assured that I will find him. And what I will find is not a taskmaster trying to tell me everything wrong about me, but somebody that is enamored by my need of him or my love to him. And I want to tell you today that God is enamored by you. God, you move God's heart when you speak to him. And and on that premises, I want to go to Exodus 19. I want to be brief because I want the man them to to preach. I will sit down today. Amen. And I want to read from verse 1 to verse 6. I'm going to read in a New King James Version. I'm so sorry, guys. Mr. Apple wants to be doing... Apple things today. Hallelujah. It says here, um, in the third month of after the children of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on the same day they came to the wilderness of Sinai. For they had departed from, I can't pronounce that word, amen, and had come to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. So Israel camped there before the mountain. Verse 3, and Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to Moses to the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the house of a new thing, London, tell the sheep, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagle wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, A.N.T., if you will indeed obey my voice, keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, these are the words, Ayo, that you should speak to the house of A.N.T. May the Lord bless the reading of his words. The book of Exodus is a, what I call the blueprint of the Bible. Here we see what God did when we got saved. The world represents Egypt. Um, the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were being oppressed by Pharaoh and his people then. And while they were being oppressed, um, they cried out to God for deliverance. And God heard their cry and found a man called Moses. Um, And he used Moses to bring them out of Egypt. Amen. Everyone seen Prince of Egypt? Kind of accurate, but, you know, he does the job well. Amen. So they come out of Egypt, about 10 million people. Um, The Red Sea gets parted, the crossover. God kills the Egyptians. And then there's this space between being delivered and then walking into the promised land. You're following me here, yeah? And this space is called the wilderness. How do you name it say wilderness? Now, 
when we hear the story of these people, we focus a lot about promised land. Amen. Milk and honey, Canaan. But in Exodus 3, God said that his number one purpose for delivering Israel out of Egypt was to come onto this mountain and worship me. Exodus 3, 19, I think. So God's purpose in delivering you is it's not solely about what he's going to give to you. He is delivering you to come to him. Is everyone following me here? Worship is not what I get. It's what I'm able to give to the Lord. Are you guys following me here? And God's worship is fellowship. Don't you never say fellowship? This is very beautiful, guys, because, you know, unfortunately, these guys have to do a lot of other things. But God says that he wants one thing from you. One thing, Tossa. Worship. Verse 4. And because God is kind and good, you know, he doesn't ask us something that's beyond our ability. He says that you saw what I did. So there's no question about my existence or power. Amen? You know that I sent ten plagues. I killed Pharaoh's son. I did all these things for you. He says, how I bore you on eagle wings and brought you to myself. Only one thing, I'm going to say it again, that God wants from you is your worship. And, and worship as human beings is not a song. Hallelujah. Worship looks like verse 5. Now, therefore, Tosin, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. So, so God's goal with your obedience is that you would manifest being a special treasure. Now, I want to read this carefully because I don't want to heap burden on you guys. Amen. This is, oh, this is Old Testament, but there's grace here. Why is there grace here? When we get saved, what do we do, guys? We do what? We repent. What does repent mean? Turn. Okay. And it also means? Amen. Thank you. Trust Emmanuel to get the right answer. Change your mind. God is asking you, to renew your perspective of him. In this chapter, all we heard was Lord God, Lord God, Lord God. And you were like me, when you got saved, you were just trying not to get to hell. Amen? You know, you were slightly scared of God. Amen? Yeah, I got saved radically, guys. Through you know, the CDs, trip and hip, all that good stuff. But, but the goal of salvation is not fearing God or being afraid of God. Let me rephrase that. You guys following me here, yeah? The, the, the goal of salvation is that we express love to God through obedience. And the obedience here is that we should keep his covenant or obey his instruction. What am I saying here? You are already a special treasure to God. When God asks you to do something and tells you this is what you will be, He's just walking out what already has been. Remember, God is eternal. He doesn't live in time. So when he says, if any man is in Christ, he is right now, or she is right now, a new creation. All things have become new. If we're really honest, what I got to say, did everything become new? Oh, talk to me. Did everything become new? How people, people think it's a trick question. It was like, yeah, no. You're being too spiritual. But everything became new, guys. In the, in, the, in the true translation of that scripture, it says, it should say, becoming new. But even though it doesn't say that in that tense, it's showing us that the eternity of God is that I will be to you what you already are at the end. Or you are to me what I already you are at the end. So when we are saying it's by faith and not by works, God is saying that you can't try to be this thing. I'm telling you are this thing 
be this thing. That's why it's repent. Change how you think. That's why it's, when he says all things become new, he's saying I want you to have a new perspective for how you see what's happened to you because of Christ. So when God says all things are becoming new, it's that I start to look at what was off before in a different way. My eyes have been opened. Remember the scripture it talks about deaf ears being open and, and eyes receiving sight. I'm just echoing all these things before these men of God come and preach. Because I want to remind you that, as my wife said, I'm holy, but I'm also a good father. You know, that also word is doing me. But I'll say that Jesus, who is the perfect physical image of God, only address God as Father. This is very important because you've got to realize to a Jewish man who doesn't even speak God's word, his name, sorry, they're too scared. They, even when they write it, they miss out the O. That's how deep it is for them. You're trying, you're trying to tell me that this holy God is also Abba. In our translation, Daddy. It's an insult. It's foreign. It's, what are you talking about? That's why we, we have that little slogan, it's not a religion, it's a relationship, because now it's moved from, I'm doing something to prove myself to God that I'm holy, to now that this God says, I will make you holy, come to me. That's why he says that we can draw near with confidence to the throne of what? Grace. We have a high priest who can sympathize with my weaknesses, my limitations, my frailty, my downfall, my shortcomings. He understands. And says, even if I'm in sin, I can draw near with confidence. Because the righteousness and the holiness that will be granted to me is not because of me, but because of him. I know this sounds very basic, but if we believed it, you would think different. I'm telling you, if you believed it, you would see God different. I'm telling you, if you believe that the blood of Jesus speaks better words than the blood of Abel, which cried out vengeance, a vengeance for my death, you would realize that every day is a new day. That scripture, what's it say again? Um, his mercies are new every morning. Did you know what that means, guys? It means each day Tosan is a new slate. I want to echo this before the men of God come, and I want you guys to sync with this. God wants you. And when we accept that truth, the peace that you're looking for, that surpasses all understanding, will begin to flow. I've realized that my agitations and struggles with God is always found at the root of my belief system of am I going to trust what I think or believe that God is saying to me though I'm seeing this and I want to encourage us that we don't live by sight but we live by faith I just want to remind someone today we don't live by sight I don't live by the evidence of all of my former things. He told me, I don't remember those things. I'm doing something new. And it takes courage, strength, faith to believe that. It takes strength, Joshua, that your mentor, your pastor has died, but I still want you to go ahead. Hmm. It, it takes courage, Elisha, that Elijah's gone. But I still want you to cross this Jordan. Tossad, it takes strength to keep losing. And God says, stay winning, son. Hmm. 
Let the weak say, I am strong. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. God's original intention is that all of us will be a kingdom. A kingdom of priests. There's a story, I'm going to finish in a minute, in Joshua chapter 3. They're about to also cross over a river. And God says that they are only allowed to cross over when the priests go first. And the priests are carrying something called the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark of the Covenant represents the presence of God. And I want to charge this house. Before you move, seek God's face. Before you press send, before you write, before you respond, seek God's face. When the Bible talks about seeking God's face, I don't want to only make it about times of worship. Seeking God's face is coming into a present awareness that right here, right now, God is here. He's here, and he's here, and he's here. Are you guys following me here? So living by the spirit is not It's when I'm in the midst of something and it looks bleak. I can speak to God and say, God, what next? That's living in the awareness of God's presence. Are you guys following me here? Yeah? Sometimes we're too Pentecostal with the presence of God. And we have to understand that God is everywhere. That when we got saved, God said that I'm not going to only live in Oshri Gallery. Mm, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be in you. And I have access to you 24-7. I told Israel, build me a temple. But under this new covenant, I'm going to make you my temple. I told Israel, I'm going to move in the, in the tent. But now I'm moving your every step. So God has transferred from being this place where we go to experience him to a place where he's always with me. What's that word that you said in Luke? His name is Emmanuel. God with us. Amen? So before you move, before you press send, before you respond, seek God's face. Amen? He wants to go first. Let's welcome David Powell to the building. Wow. Good to see so many faces. Um, I'm going to be real Pentecostal just for a moment. Turn to your neighbor and say, obsession. Turn to your other neighbor and say, obsession. Do you know the only reason why I'm doing that is just to give me time to get set up, right? You know. Anyway, um, God is good. There is so much happening in the house today. Um, there's a lot of prophetic activity. Um, so I'm going to start on my notes, but if I end up prophesying, then that's the Holy Spirit. And I'm good with that. Um, congratulations on getting to this point, but don't get complacent. Congratulations on getting to this point, but don't get complacent. Shall I tell you why? Because Exodus 19 is a fascinating chapter, but in Exodus 20, when the Lord actually shows up, the Israelites say, actually, I don't want that. And they reject him, and because of that rejection, the Lord gives them the law in order to prove that they really always needed him. And so a journey that should only have taken a matter of weeks 
took 40 years because he had to wean out the slavery mindset and bring in the sonship mindset. Because the scripture says that the generation that crossed into, Egypt, into um, the, the promised land was a generation who had never seen Egypt. What does that mean? All those that had lived as slaves had died. So the slaves who rejected God, even though he said, I'm going to make you a kingdom of priests. Do you know what that is? I'm going to go real deep here. That's the marriage of the political and the, and the prophetic. You know, we don't ever see that. And for the past however many thousands of years, we have had a split between the political and the prophetic. But the scripture says in Revelation 5, the father is talking to the son. He says, you have purchased for me a kingdom of priests. So the end point is Exodus 19. So it's always been the father's heart to marry the two. But the complacent slaves turned around and said, I don't want it because you're too scary. The revelation of his goodness is sufficient enough to bring us out of a mindset of slavery where we say, yes, sir, no, sir, in order to prove ourselves. And now we say, yes, father, because we're sons. There's a subtle difference. Because it's still yes. A slave and a son both still say yes. But it's interesting the perspective they, they say it from. This is not even my scripture, but you just, you started something. Song of Solomon is actually what I want to focus on. Could we get Song of Solomon, I think, is it 2? 10 to 14, could we get that up just quickly? Father, you are so good. Has anyone ever read Song of Solomon? Yeah? Has anyone... I'm going to ask you to be honest now. Has anyone read it and then gone, oh, hey, not sure about that scripture. Are we allowed to say that in church? Are we allowed to talk about that stuff? Look what it says here. The one I love calls to me, arise, my dearest. Hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come as you have asked to draw you to my heart and lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. Just for context, this is Christ speaking to his bride. Okay, at the, at the time of, of this part in the narrative, um, they're not necessarily together. This is the pursuit, and we're going to touch on that in a moment. It says, the season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended, and the season of hiding is over and gone. I'm going to go back to just a show of hands. Anyone read Song of Solomon and then felt a little bit uncomfortable? Yeah? I'll tell you why that is. This is what the Lord said to me. Song of Solomon makes for uncomfortable reading because we are yet to fully grasp the revelation of the Father's obsession with us. So because we're not quite okay with the idea that he's obsessed with us, when we read language of obsession and pursuit, we go, oh, not sure about that. In Exodus 19, when he showed up, he was giving them the language of pursuit. He's like, look, I've wanted you forever. You are the sole uh, uh, obsession of my heart. Now, in church, we're taught to be obsessed with him. But there's also a scripture, a very small scripture that we've, we've quoted so many times that has a hidden truth that is incredible. It says, we love because he first. So which obsession came first? So which one should we be focusing on? All of you got A's in school. <laughs> it's simple comprehension. Very simple comprehension. And I spent, and I'm going to be honest, I spent so much time wasted in church, as a Christian, many of you who've known me for years met me in this season where I was literally pursuing him and trying to prove my obsession to him every day. So I would pray more, I'd read more, I'd memorize scripture, I'd lead worship, I'd do all these different things that I was doing. And there was a grace on that, just like there was a grace on the Old Testament, just like there was a power on the Old Testament. But what Jesus came to reset, and this is why that, that when they said, teach us how to pray, and he said, okay, and he went, Abba, he said, our father. He said, Abba, I, am, I always imagine this moment, 
that the, the disciples, their eyes might have been closed. And then he said, Abba, and they went. For the first time in history, on the face of this planet, the Father was referred to in his true self. That's why Jesus has the confidence in John 17, 26 to say in his prayer, he says, Father, everything you are, I have made known to them. There is nothing hidden. Guys, I think you need to catch that. He said, this is how he ends his prayer, the last recorded prayer before he gets arrested. He ends it, he says, everything you are, I have revealed to them. It took three and a half years. But everything you are, I have revealed. There was nothing, no aspect of the Father missing. There was nothing that we can now experience and encounter and discover that hadn't been revealed through Christ. So where they're looking in the Old Testament for patterns, and we built our churches based off these old patterns of, of you must do X, you must do Y, you must do Z in order to prove yourself and therefore be accepted. And Jesus comes and says, Abba. And in saying that, he gives us an insight to obsession. And my, my instruction to today is just literally obsession. That's all it is. Become obsessed with his obsession for you. It will change your life. How do I know that? It changed mine. December 23rd, 2017. I've told parts of the story. I'm going to tell it again just in case you don't know. I spent three, four months with a burden, right? It was one of the first times in my Christian walk, and I've been saved since 2003, okay? So it's 20 years this year. And in 2017, I got to this point. I came out of, um, I was in an event, a worship event, three days of just, you know, unfiltered worship, 72 hours nonstop. And I'm there, and I came out of it, and I had this thing in my spirit, and I literally felt like I was pregnant, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, I remember saying to my wife, and I said, but I don't know what to do with this. I, I, just, I just need him. What do you mean, David, you need him? You've led worship with some of the biggest names in, in the worship scene. You, you, you've done this, you've done this, you've you released this. You, you preach good. You, you know him, right? Yeah, but I need him. So I, had, I went to Cambridge on, a, on an event and I got a prophetic word from someone. They said, look, God's going to reposition your life so that you can find him. Okay, that matches up because I've got this burden and I just need to find him. I need something. And so I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, how do I, what do I do? Give me the wisdom to be able to really pursue you differently to before because obviously what I had before wasn't sufficient. He gave me some instruction, do this, do that, do this, whatever. And on Saturday, December 23rd, and I, don't, I may get real emotional and cry because it changed my life. December 23rd, I, I went downstairs. I had an alarm on my phone that said, come, come see a man. You know, from the story with um, the woman at the well, when she got the revelation of Christ, she said, went down to her friend and said, come see a man. So the alarm was named, come see a man. And it went off, and I went downstairs, and I sat in the chair where I still sit to this day. And I, uttered, I just began to pray. But my prayer was very simple. It was three words. Come, Lord Jesus. Now, I cannot tell you whether I was saying that for 10 minutes or two hours. I really don't know. I have no concept of how much time I was. But all I knew is I didn't say it. I, I didn't stop saying it. I just, I just come, Lord Jesus. Even now when I pray, I say the same thing. I start, come Lord Jesus. So I'm saying it, I'm saying it, I'm saying it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> he walks in. I tell you, he's so beautiful. He's standing by, like literally where you are there, brother. And I'm sitting there. <laughs> And he begins to unfold his wings. And I'm there transfixed looking at him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you're here. <laughs> Silly what you say when he actually shows up. I said, oh my gosh, you're here. You're actually here. And he said three words. And it's the same three words I'm sharing with you. Enjoy 
my pursuit. And it completely changed how I saw Christianity. Because I thought he had to enjoy my pursuit. That I had to chase him every day. And that there'll be some sort of joy out of that. But then I realized I, he, I love him because he loved me first. So he said, focus on my pursuit of you. I went for three months. Every time I went into church, I couldn't sing the songs we were singing. Because all the songs kept talking about me to him. I love, I love, I love your presence. I couldn't sing the songs because they made me feel uncomfortable because I was now beginning to realize how much he was singing. I love, I love, I love your presence. David. He was saying, David, I love spending time with you. David, when you wake up, do you know I'm right here waiting? David, your first word, when, when you say Abba, do you know how much that excites me? Do you know that I silence all of heaven to hear your next prayer? And he began to pour into me day after 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 day for the rest of my life. This obsession. I am fascinated by you. You are the treasure in my hands. When I see you, I see my reflection. I see power. I see I see grace. I see glory. Thank you very much. I, I see I see everything I've ever wanted. Some of you may be in relationships. You know when you get that text from Bay. <laughs> I'm going to be real, and it makes you feel a certain way when she sends you that text. Oh, hey, come on. That's how some of the babies arrived. <laughs> can, can we go there? Maybe some of you are desiring the text from Bay. And you know how it will make you feel when that text comes in from that special someone. Father's there going, I'm sending you text every single day. When you wake up and you see that the sun is shining and the scripture says that the sun is evidence of the covenant I have with you. That as long as you see the sun, you know that my promise to do you good, to raise you up, to, to make you the head and not the tail, with the ability to lend to many and not to have to borrow, that I'll give you the power to get wealth. All these things that I have, I have, I, I've, I've said about you, if you wake up and see the sun in the sky, you know it's true. I'm still here. Even while she was sleeping, even while she was running the other direction, I was still fascinated with you. How do I know? Because there's a story about the prodigal son. And the prodigal son, I hate using that term because he's no longer prodigal. He came home, so he's not prodigal anymore. That's a whole other story. So we're here, and, and, and the son comes home, and the father's there going, ah, Waiting every single day. The scripture says that he waited patiently. Why? Because he was obsessed. He was obsessed. Enjoying my pursuit, he said. The scripture, it says here in, in the Song of Solomon, it says that the season of singing has come. Right? It's interesting because when Adam and Eve, when they sinned and they hid, the Bible says that they heard the voice of the Father in the cool of the night, walking through the garden. Okay, It's interesting we're all in green. The Lord said, make sure you populate your garden. That's his word to you guys today. Make sure you populate your garden. Find a seed and start to plant your own garden of Eden. A garden of presence where the Lord can come and meet you and reveal to you his obsession. So the Bible says they hid, and I feel like this might be my last point. They hid, and he comes walking. Well, the scripture doesn't say he was walking. We have interpreted it as walking. If you actually look into the Hebrew, it says that he was singing. So they heard him singing in the cool of the night. Look at that in the scripture, the cool of the night is in the wind. And it says they heard the spirit. It was the ruach in the wind. Learn to hear his fascination in the wind of his spirit. That's my last bullet point. Learn to hear his fascination in the wind of the spirit. It's so easy to miss because life gets so busy. Life gets so tough. And I'm not denying how tough the past four years have been for you. I'm not denying that you had to launch a church and all of a sudden you're in a pandemic and you're figuring out how to stream from your front room. 
I'm not denying that you're trying to launch a church and you're waiting for people to step up and maybe they didn't. I'm not denying that you're looking to the right and the left and the people that started with you are no longer here with you. I'm not denying that you're waiting for a full band. It would be great to have a full band. And we just got one person on the keys. But let me tell you something. Yeah. But let me tell you something. The Lord said to me earlier today, everything they are doing is first fruits. Everything they're doing is first fruits. So when you just have two, that is the first fruits of 20. And the 20 can only arrive once the two have laid a foundation that the 20 can inherit the revival that they... Come on. Jesus. Learn to hear his fascination in the wind of the spirit. Every morning, Father, show me your fascination with me. The Lord's taking me to heaven a few times to see certain things. I've had visions, I've had encounters. There was one in that same room, on that same chair, when I was lying down and I'd read Revelation 22, I think it is, where it says about there's a stream and by the side of the stream there's um, trees and the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Now, those of you who know me know I'm passionate about healing the sick. And so I was like, Lord, show me, show me those trees. I don't want to, you know, it's kind of things I talk to God about. Oh, show me the trees, show me the trees. And then I immediately went into a deep sleep. Now, my previous self would have felt guilty for sleeping in my time of prayer. But the son realizes that if you fall asleep in the arms of the father, it's all good. So I went into this deep sleep. And in my sleep, I remember I was there at this river. And then I began to stir in the natural and my hand fell by the side of the chair. This is in my house in Croydon, right? And then it came up and my hand was wet. So I thought I might have left a glass of water or something the night before. So I looked and there was nothing there. It was just the carpet. And then I put my hand back down and brought it up and it was wet. And I put it down. I was like, Lord, what? He said, you wanted to come to my river, didn't you? He was so obsessed with me and so passionate about me having a revelation of healing for the nations that he said, I'll take you, I'll bring you into Revelation 22. Guys, if I told you some of the things, I've walked through the tabernacle in Exodus 33. I've walked through it. I've seen the footprints where others have walked before. I've seen the cloud of glory. I've been to David's well outside Bethlehem and I sat there with Jesus and we had a conversation all these things happen I don't share this to pat myself on the back I share it so that you know it's possible some of you have some wild dreams you haven't even told your pastors about it some of you have some wild ambitions in the spirit that you haven't even told your, your, your dad, your father, your, your mother about that there are things that you might maybe just about speak to your spouse about but they're so wild, they make you uncomfortable to think that I could go, that I could be the one, that I could be chosen. But the reason why you could is because he is obsessed with you. It was, it was, never, about, it was never about what you could do or what you couldn't do. It was never about how well you sung or didn't. Trust me, if it was about who the best keyboardist is, I wouldn't have got picked most of the time. Okay? But uh, trust me, there were people I meet and I'm like, oh, hey, you're, you're my retirement plan. <laughs> but when the Lord, when I get that phone call and they say, hey, so-and-so from so-and-so wants you to come and play. I remember there was one time um, we were in Ireland and um, there was a band who, you all know their songs, Good Good Father. <laughs> and, and they were like, D, you know, we want you to play and whatever. Da, da. And I'm playing, and I'm playing real safe. I'm just holding back. I'm on the, yeah. These are the big guys. Just get, get the job done and then move on. And halfway through sound check, one of the singers stopped and he said, D, yo man, just play. Do, we arch you here for what you carry. They didn't realize that years previously, the Lord said to me from Ze Zechariah 7, I think it is, he said, I will give you a place in my presence amongst these who are already here. So when they're affirming me, those who are already there are looking at me and going, yeah, we want what you have. We want what you carry. 
A&T, we need what you have. London needs you. The UK needs you, right? When our sister was praying in tongues earlier, she was releasing a word over the UK, right? I might, I might share the interpretation later. I'm not sure. The UK needs A&T. Why? Because he's obsessed. He's obsessed. So your task as you walk into this next year is to hear his fascination in the wind of the spirit. And I'm going to hand it over to my brother and then maybe we'll come back later for some prophecy. Is that all right? Oh, no worries. Praise Jesus. Yeah, I'll blame David. That's all good. Happy birthday, A&T. Um, I mean, in, in all seriousness and fairness, bro, I have covered um, one half and I believe David's covered the other half. So I feel like my task now is to just land um, and just transition into uh, what God has for his people. Amen. Um, there's, permit me, if I can ask my sis to help me play. Um, there's this song that's been on my spirit all uh, morning stroke afternoon. Um, I just really want us to, as a family, just to minister it to him. Um, and I really feel like it's, it's going to resonate uh, within our spirits and it's, it's going to spark something. Auntie, I need you to realize that you've transitioned, not just in theory, but in actuality. I want to quickly read uh, the same scripture again from uh, Songs of Solomon, chapter 2, verse uh, 10. The one I love calls to me, arise my dearest. Hurry, my darling, come away with me. I have come, as you have asked, to draw you to my heart and to lead you out. For now is the time, my beautiful one. The season has changed. Somebody say, the season has changed. Say it louder. The season has changed. The bondage of your barren winter has ended. Somebody say, amen. And the season of hiding is over and gone. The rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. The season for singing and pruning the vines has arrived. I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. Verse 13, can you not discern this new day of destiny? breaking forth around you the early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth the budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere the fragrance of their flowers whispers there is change in the air somebody say there is change in the air arise my love my beautiful companion and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship and lovely your voice in prayer hallelujah just throughout the service um, I really feel like it's just been a full day like you know when you've you've come somewhere like a buffet to eat and you feel like you're getting your money's worth I really feel like it's just been a full day um, like God has really come he's really visited us but we're not just um, satisfied with the moment that has happened you know I feel like we're leaving this place full um, but hungry to want to go into the more because of the standard that's been set today hallelujah God is
God has impressed upon my heart what he's doing with this church in this season. And it's no surprise, you know, just seeing the signs around you, just the, the shiftings and the changes that have happened. You know, I really feel like it's symbolic of his affirmation and anyone who knows God and anyone who's uh, accustomed to certain instances in scripture, God doesn't do silent affirmations. When God affirms you, he's very loud and intentional about said affirmation. Hallelujah. And the whole world stood and watched as a powerful pioneer and woman of God by the name of Susan Debris stood on an altar thousands of miles away with the eyes of the world on said conference and in the midst of world-renowned leaders and it was almost as though God was using that platform and that moment to say this, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased this is my beloved daughter there was an instance that occurred earlier this year which we spoke about as leaders in private, which, you know, was, was, um, it was an unfortunate instance, if we could put it that way. And there was a word that was used. And, you know, many of us uh, stood around uh, Pastor Susan and we prayed and we, and we vetoed some of the impacts of, of the things that, uh, you know, were said. But it's just amazing how God used that moment with what happened in that conference almost as a rebuttal to what was an onslaught from the enemy. And not only will I affirm you in a local setting, I will move pieces around. I still don't know the circumstances of how she ended up on that stage. But I will move things around to reveal you to the world. Somebody say the season has changed. I will use such a platform. I could... <laughs> Some people were dropping names of those that were in the building that day. Names that you can imagine you probably never thought you would meet. And in the midst of them, Susan, I don't know where you are, sis, but you have used the word underdog so many times this year and you have said this is the season of the underdog. And I believe that moment was just a practicality of, of that happening in the midst of some world-renowned people where God says listen this is one who has in times gone by been cast aside many aspersions have been cast upon you many things have been said about you there's a representation um, or, or false representation that you know the enemy tried to uh, make happen around you or about you but in this instant I want to peel back the curtain and show the entire world that this is my daughter in whom I am well pleased and I need you all to recognize A&T I'm prophesying now that as your leader stood on that platform and set her foot in a new realm the tribe that she shepherds with her spouse are going with her Somebody say the season has changed.
What's done is done in seasons gone by, A&T. This is new territory now. There are many good things about that and there are many, I don't want to say bad, but there are many other things about that, if I can put it that way. Where yes, capacity increases, influence increases, but you better believe the enemy is not smiling about the transition that you've just made as a tribe. So yes, the warfare will increase, but here is your hope. He is with you. Bible says in Isaiah 55 from verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Somebody say acclimatized. I just kept hearing that word in my spirit throughout uh, the sermon. Um, And I just want to read out its definition to you. The word acclimatized means to adapt or become accustomed to a new climate or environment. And as you, as a a body of people, a tribe, as you've ascended into new territory, more instances similar to what happened today but i believe more more of it it's 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 happening in this season more interruptions are going to begin to happen in your services see god is doing a new thing but he's doing a new thing his way and i love what my brother david said about songs of solomon where we are yet to comprehend his obsession with us. But what God does is where he finds the people that are ready to receive him, not only does he come, but he sticks around long enough for what was foreign to now become normal. So you are therefore acclimatized to his way his language his perceptions you are acclimatized to his his realm and if this might be the the one instruction i leave you with ant it would be to let god be god i sense the lord wanting me to encourage you as a house to not overcomplicate ministry. God is going to begin to shift and move things and, and mold this ministry into his vision. And it may feel awkward at first, but I'm glad this is being recorded so we can reference it when the time arrives. It may feel awkward at first, but the more you let him, just let him be God, the further you get down the line, the vision becomes clearer. What he wants you to see becomes clearer. The overall goal, goal is for him to be our God and for us to be his people. And when he wants to do things his way, 
us in humility have to accept that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. So we choose to come into alignment with what you see. Shape us as you see fit. Mold us as you see fit. Dave, that, that word obsession was key. That's, that's about to happen in this house. A&T is about to be obsessed with the presence of Jesus. And you'll realize that, that even in just the way you do ministry, God is going to begin to do a lot of the heavy lifting where all you'll do is minister to the Lord and people are walking in healed. People are walking in and, and just lives are being transformed. But as he comes closer, as he lays it upon your heart to, to do certain things, to give up certain things, to add certain things, to make certain transitions, let him. Because the beauty is on the other side of that. This is such a beautiful season that this house is in. Listen, God is not moved by the warfare that you've been through. I can imagine there's, there's been some terrible things that has transpired or just seasons of testing. But God, God is not moved by that. There's nothing you or I can do, can do to win his approval. He already loves us and we just need to get over that. I really feel God encouraging us to lean into the mystery of him. Tony mentioned the scripture earlier. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, glory of kings to search out a matter. It's okay not to know what he's doing. Listen, how many times have we seen in scripture many things that we can't technically explain, but we know it's him. Just in a moment of transparency, there's things that my wife and I have been trying to navigate through, and it's like, God, this is different. You know, I, I want to I want to define it so I can feel safe. I don't want to look weird. <laughs> I don't want to look strange. So give me context so I can tell them this is what you're doing. And the more I say that, the less he tells me. <laughs> So I just have to arrive at a place of, all right, you know what, you know, you know best. I'll let you be God. I'm not going to lie, bro. Every time you call me, I'm like, oh, man. I'm kind of weird. I don't want them to see my weirdness. But listen, the more I obey, the more I'm seeing the vision. I hear you. Just lift your hands. This song has been on my spirit all day. I just want us as a house to sing it as we're venturing further into our new season as a tribe.
sing, my beloved. My be, yes, yes. And thousands, my beloved is. Yes, yes, you, yes, Oh, Karifa, Lord. 